Hello and welcome back to Management Cast, where some of the brightest minds in the business world explain the commercial concepts shaping industry today. This week, we're joined by IMD Professor Cyril Bouquet. Cyril is a professor of strategy and innovation. Welcome, Cyril. Thank you for having me, John. It's great to have you here. So just to give our listeners a bit more of an introduction, I'll just tell you that at IMD, Cyril specializes in helping organizations and executives tackle complex challenges through innovation and creativity. And Cyril is also an award-winning researcher and teacher, supporting organizations as they seek to create change and deliver progress for society. And that's where we're going to be starting off this week. Over the next four episodes, Cyril and I are going to be talking about something called Megadive. Now, Megadive was not something that I was familiar with before speaking with Cyril. So I think it would be a really great place to start to just tell us in a few sentences, Cyril, what is Megadive and what is the Megadive approach to you? Yeah, thanks for, for asking. The, the Megadive is, is really a, a way of working that I developed and I implemented at IMD a few years ago already when some of the largest multinational corporations approached me and said, hey, we are going to gather huge crowds of people and get them to think together about the future of our business and, and how we try to bring value to the business and to society at large. And we need to work differently and we need to engage not just a small elite team of people sitting at the top of the organization, but a rather large group of people, and we need to create those new conversations. Can you help us out? And the Megadive is an expression, if you will, that, that shows the importance of going deep into issues that are absolutely central to the future of a company, to the future of the world. But it's also mega in the sense that we create those conversations across groups of people who normally don't always have an opportunity to be together in the same room or on the same digital channels and debate their views on the future. Okay, so Cyril, that's a really good sort of broad brush uh, version of what Megan Ive is. Can you tell me in practical terms what this means? You know, you walk into a room or you're speaking to an executive and you're saying, you know what, we need to implement this approach. How do you outline it for them? Yeah, sure. So, so it's about a six-month journey that is, that is implemented. So it's not just an event that occurs on a given day. And so you can imagine that today with, with the channels that we have, the digital channels, there's a lot of conversations that we can orchestrate with people who are sitting in, in different corners around the world to get them started to, to think about the range of possibilities that exist and how is the world changing around them? What are some of their hopes and fears for the future? So, so, so there's a sort of warm-up period, if you will, uh, online for about three months. And then, indeed, there is one or sometimes more physical touch points when uh, you have... Uh, a number of people sitting together in the room. So the first time I did this, I did this with uh, SNCF, the French train operators, and we had 650 of their top leaders sitting together in a room, organized in 79 teams, working in parallel for a couple of days, right? When we were trying to, to actually take what we had achieved already uh, online and then turn those inputs into very concrete ideas for the business moving forward. And then, of course, after these physical touch points, then, you know, there's still work that needs to happen in the organization uh, uh, where people sort of work on their ideas, test their ideas, iterate their ideas and come back before they can be fully implemented. So, so it's a hybrid, you know, sort of journey. The only uh, difference with, uh, you know, what we, we often do at IMD is that it, it gathers, again, huge crowds uh, rather than small classrooms as, as we are often used to have on our campus. Okay, so Cyril, as far as I'm understanding this now, this is a way of businesses to get lots of people involved in the decision-making process or to help deal with a particular problem, not just as a team, not just as a department, but perhaps even as a whole company at times. 
Uh, it's got this wide scope. Is it new? And why did you come up with this? What problems were you facing? This is an interesting question, and there's several ways to answer it. The first one is that it's not fundamentally in its spirit, right? For many years, I've been working at IMD with a number of my colleagues, and, and in particular, there was this, this gentleman who is a great mentor of mine. His name is Bill Fisher. He's a very well-known figure at IMD, but also in the world of innovation. He wrote many, many insightful books. And of course, for many years, he's been implementing with organizations he was working with a concept called a deep dive. See, the, the deep dive, but again, working with, with small groups of people on issues that are core to the future of their business and very much you know, trying to get them to explore, to explore a great range of possibilities that exist and then orchestrate conversations in a small group of people to make sure that we build on the wisdom that often exists in an organization that might be dispersed in different corners of the company and then get them to come up with original ideas for the future and test those ideas. And so the deep dive is a method that we've used at IMD for many years. The mega dive in spirit is very much trying to stay true to those principles that we believe in at IMD. That innovation is very much a series of conversations among people, people who represent and bring different perspectives inside a company. And so those companies might be able to create conversations in teams. They are less used to creating conversations that cut across teams and that involve a greater number of people who have an interesting voice to bring to decision-making. And so the question for me became, when I was approached, and, and I'll give you a very concrete example, when, when SNCF, I referred to SNCF uh, before, the French train operator came to us at IMD uh, many years ago when they were at a very critical moment in their history where, for various reasons, the state, the French state, had decided to merge the train operator, SNCF, with RFF, who is the owner of the infrastructure, so the train stations, the rail tracks, and they decided to put those two organizations together. And of course, those two organizations had different uh, histories, different legacies, very different cultures. And the challenge then for the management of the combined company was to create a team, to create a team. But these are pretty significant organizations that are state-owned. And again, uh, with cultures that are quite top-down. And so they needed to create one team, but also a team that would be more entrepreneurial, more innovative in their thinking, that would not be as prisoner as it was of, of established routines and rules that tended to regulate everything that took place in those companies in, in, in the past. So, so they wanted to break free of, of the past, but also create one team. The only problem is that their team was about 650 people when they looked at, at the size of the top management group that needed to be united. And, and, you know, we didn't have an answer at IMD at that moment. You know, how do we do that? How do we create this one team mindset, this perspective, single perspective on the future, this shared agenda, and certainly not by having potentially everybody in the room. So how do we do that? And, and this is where we realized that, yeah, there is a, a way that we can do this. There is a process that we can put in place. There is a mindset that we can try to embrace. And this is how the Megadive was imagined and, and implemented staying true to some core principles that were already present in, in the deep dive that my uh, good friend and mentor, Bill Fisher, had pioneered at, at IMD. So there's so many different things I want to pick up on there. One of them is about the creative aspect of this and companies that want to break free. Another one is you know the fact that you're working with a top-down company. I really want to ask, I think probably uh, a bit further down the line about which companies 
this is most appropriate for. But I wanted to come back to the kind of technical underpinnings of this. How do you go about developing this? And how do you go about developing this when you've got to trial things out, but the stakes are so high, right? You, as you're talking about, you're dealing with large companies here, you're, te- you're dealing with train operators. Were you sort of concerned when you were developing this approach that you were bringing something that was half-baked or that could go wrong? Yeah, people were telling me, you're crazy, right? <laughs> You know, I remember the management team at IMD at the time looking at me with big eyes and uh, are you sure you know exactly what you're doing? And and somehow, you know, what was quite interesting at the time is that I was working with SNCF, who was absolutely fantastic and supportive along the way. So I did not pretend, you know, that we had a, a sort of formula that was on the shelf that was ready to be to be implemented. But from the the beginning, I had really, really interesting conversations with members of the top management team and starting with Guillaume Pipi, the former CEO, but also a number of his colleagues who really wanted to create something new. And somehow it was a co-creation and, you know, co-creation has always been at the center of our sort of approach at IMD, whether you're working with me or other colleagues, we're always trying to not just bring what we know how to do, but to to bring the solution that is absolutely required for the needs that exist. And again, the understanding of those needs and the nature of the solution comes from working together with a client on, you know, what is the problem we're trying to address? You know, how do we approach it? And then indeed, what solution sort of makes sense? And from the beginning, I had the the opportunity and the, the privilege, if you will, of having a client that was willing to work with me on this. And that made a huge difference. And and again, it was a it was a long process. You know, it took us almost a year right, of preparation to understand, you know, what were some of the the issues that we wanted to address through this mega dive. I mean, what is it that we wanted to create as a as a collective? But then also making sure that we could create the the conditions for success. Right? I mean, there, there needed to be a certain uh, number of elements that had to be thought through. How do we engage 650 people who maybe have never heard of, of IMD, who, who don't necessarily want to co-create the, the future of the company together with colleagues who are coming from a different, or the sister company, if you will. So all this work that we did online to try to start those conversations and get people to think about who they were and, and, and what is it that they could bring to this company and how did they think about the future. There was a lot of interesting conversations that took place up front, you know, that helped to prepare, again, the, the conditions for the success that ultimately emerged after, after a year of going on that journey. Cyril, I could speak about this all day, but I think we're coming to the end of our first episode. So I just want to finish on this question, which is just about the kind of recognition of what the problem is, because you alluded to it there. You spoke a little bit about spending a lot of time working on figuring out what the problem is. In your experience, not just with your first client coming to you with this, but you know, other sense, do you think that companies recognize at the first instance that creativity is one of the central issues that they have to face up to? I ask because creativity is not something that comes up necessarily on a balance sheet, right? The output of creativity. But do you find that uh, people are figuring this out for themselves that they're lacking creativity? Or is that something that you feel you kind of have to introduce them to the idea of. So this is interesting because I think, I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of smart people in, in, in companies and I've never felt, if you will, that there was a shortage of, of creativity in, in organizations. I mean, if you give an opportunity to people to be creative, they will. I absolutely believe that we all have what it takes to be able to, to think in, in interesting ways about what's possible to achieve uh, for the future and to come up with good solutions 
But often what happens is that, again, we are prisoner. We are prisoner of certain beliefs that exist in an industry or in a company around, you know, hey, what does it mean to be successful and what does a good solution look like? And so even if we have those creative ideas, we are kind of very reluctant to explore, to explore those paths. And we're afraid of the conversations that we might have with, with people who are trying to defend a certain view of, of what has made the, successful, the company successful in the past. And so there's those assumptions, those beliefs that, that we need to be able to, to fight, if you will, so that we can unlock this creativity that we all have in us. Because when we do little exercises where people are, are safe to explore and to experiment, then they do come up with very creative solutions. But the moment you put them in their normal working context, it's like if are almost afraid, afraid to play with ideas and to experiment with approaches that might be threatening, right? The established uh, practices that exist. And so often, you know, you, you see some creative ideas that begin to emerge in an organization and then there's a kind of gravity force, right? That turns those creative ideas into another incremental solution that is just an extension of many other ideas that the company has implemented in the past. And so... So it's very important, you know, to unlock your creativity, but also to continue to be creative as you begin to implement that solution. Because if you're not careful, that creative idea will be transformed into a very marginal, you know, concept that brings modest value compared to what it could achieve if you had been more free, right, in your experimentation. Cyril, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I think that's a great place to finish up this week, but we're looking forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you, John. It was my pleasure. And uh, just a reminder for all our listeners, Cyril Bouquet is a professor of strategy and innovation at IMD, specializing in helping organizations and executives tackle complex challenges through innovation and creativity. Next time on the show, we'll be speaking to Cyril again. And this time, we'll be covering more of the practical elements of the Megadive approach and how you can bring it into your workplace. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.